I, I really believe I have a word from the Lord today. And it coincides a lot with what she was worshiping about. I, uh, before I pray, I just want to share that, you know, I've been asking God, and, you know, every time I have to minister, or even before I have to minister, I always ask God, Lord, what is it that you want me to say? What is it you have for your people? What he showed me basically was the condition of the people. He said, a lot of my people are, their fire is burning out. People are consumed by the world. A lot of sin is infiltrating the church. People's dreams that they had are not, are not coming to pass. So they're becoming discouraged. Everywhere they go, when you go to work and you stand up for Jesus, you're like the odd man out. So that, that starts to get uncomfortable. You're trying to stand for Jesus, and next thing you know, everybody's doing one thing, so you try to compromise. Compromise is a big thing that a lot of Christians deal with. It's okay. It's okay like that. I don't want to offend this person. I don't want to offend this person with what I say. So, you know, the Bible speaks about it. It says, if you take away or add to the word, you are cursed. So many times we take away from the words because we don't want to offend people. But one of the things that I'm gonna, in the scriptures I'm going to read today before I pray, um, the scripture is, um, the Lord didn't give us a spirit of timidity or fear or cowardice, but power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to let you know that, you know, in the world, that maybe I wasn't the toughest guy or strongest person in the world, but in Christ, you know, I am not t- intimidated by nobody. And I really feel in my heart that I'm going to share the word in, in love to build you up and to let you know that God sees your hurt. God sees your frustration. God sees your brokenness. God sees that your fire is dimmed out. But I believe today the Lord said he wants the Holy Spirit wants to come and fan that flame. That gift that's inside of you, that thing that, that God has placed in you, when you said yes to Jesus, God wants to make that into a fiery furnace to go boldly out and do what God has called you to do. Amen? So I'm going to pray. Father God, I just thank you for your church, Lord God. I thank you that you're a good God. I thank you that you're a loving God. I thank you when we said yes to you, Lord God, you didn't leave us alone to figure this thing out by our own, but you sent your Holy Spirit to work on our behalf. So I thank you, Lord, that you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here today. I thank you that you dwell inside of us. I thank you you're going to remind us of the good things you have done for us. I thank you you're going to remind us of the time when we didn't know you and you said, we said yes to you and our lives changed around. I thank you, Lord, you're going to remind us of the, the giftings and the miracles you have done for us and all the great times we had in you, Lord God. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you say even today that the best is yet to come. So, Holy Spirit, I ask that you encourage your people today. That you will give encouragement when there is none. Where there's brokenness and fear and worry, I pray that you will give strength. I pray that you will comfort, Lord God. And, Lord God, most of all, I pray that those who do not know you, Lord God, will know today, Lord, as you draw them with loving kindness, Father, that they will say yes to this good news that we are about to give today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, I'm going to read a scripture. This is Matthew 28, 18, and 20. This is how I'm going to start. I'm going to, we're going to be talking about Timothy today because a lot of us are young. Whether it be in age or in knowing God, a lot of us are young. And a lot of us deal with a lot of fear, intimidation when you're taking on responsibilities that you ain't used to, especially when everybody else don't want to do it. That's the hardest thing, right? This is Matthew 28, 18, 20. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
I read this years ago, I think in Sunday school, that God will always be with me, go be with me. But sometimes when you out, I'm going to use the, the I, two, two examples. I'm gonna use, matter of fact, I'm going to use three examples. I'm going to use the house that you live in, this house, the church you live in, that you live in. You live in this church, right? Now we live in the church. We're always here all the time. And your jobs, your out, the things that are outside. I'm going to start with the jobs outside. How hard is it? This is like an interactive thing today, okay? I'm not, this is not a lecture. And if you take too much talking, I have to usher stop you. How hard is it for you to stand for Jesus in your job? Raise your hand if that's hard for you. Lying. People are lying. Amen. It's very hard in my job. I, I, I speak the gospel. I can't preach all day long. I work in a school. So I stand for Jesus a lot. I always talk about, usually have people come to me and say, hey, you're the Jesus guy, right? Can you help me with something? And they want, like, such great advice. They want godly advice. They want, like, Holy Ghost movement to continue in their sin. But I have to be the bearer of bad news a lot of times. So when I've had people that come to me and they're dating, they're living in sin, they're living together. Because I have a lot of, um, in my job, I have a lot of married people living together. But they ain't married. They're just living together. And they come to me for a, a marital advice. Oh, you have a beautiful wife. You have five kids. I don't know how you did it. Can you show me how to do it? The first thing I say to them, guess what the first thing I say to them? Or break up. I say, I can't give you godly advice about marriage when you're not married. You're living in sin. So I advise you, and don't tell your, I told you, so don't tell your boyfriend that I told you this advice. I don't want anybody coming to the job trying to fight me or something. But I tell them, if this is not of God, and he don't want to marry you, or she don't want to marry you, get out of that relationship. That's the advice I give. A lot of times they don't want to hear that. Because it's not the truth that they want. I have to always maintain a, 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 a character where I like to joke around, bug out, you know me. Everything's like Star Wars, sports, and I like to have fun. But I don't change that, but I don't compromise the gospel. I have a lot of people that invite me to, hey, listen, my birthday's coming up. You know, you've been such a support. When it comes to my birthday, where is it? Um, it's over here in the city. Where is it? I already know something's going to be weird. Where is it? Next thing you know, it's like in some uh, transvestite um, dance club. But people are acting like, I don't know, Mary J. Blige or stuff like that, where they dress up. I said, why you didn't tell me that? They said, because you wouldn't come. I said, no, you should have told me. I mean, you know, I'm not going to come now. And a lot of times people make fun. People laugh. They call me a preacher, man. As soon as I say a joke, oh, I thought you were supposed to be a priest. And I'm not saying no dirty jokes, but it's just, you know, like, I'm laughing, have a good time. They can't see. How can you have joy and you don't do what I do? But I have to always maintain in that place who I am in Christ. Because people need to hear the gospel. Where is the light in the place? How many times I find out Christians are, I have Christians in my job. I never know they were Christians. I'm like, you go to church? You, go, you serve the Lord? You're in the choir? But you never know by their characters. Because it's so difficult for them to be brave in a situation when everybody else is not doing the same thing. You ready for the church now? We grew up in church. Oh, I grew up in church. And one of the hardest things sometimes when you're in a place that doesn't really, everybody doesn't really want to seek the Lord out, is you look like the odd man out. I don't know how many times we, me and my wife were told, uh, what are you guys going to do? You're going to pray now? And we're among church people. You guys don't know what we're going to talk about right now? Aren't you prophets? This is among church people. And I'm sorry, I'm not talking about 15 years ago. I'm talking about this place. You know why? Because a lot of people don't want to really follow God. Their heart is so infiltrated in the world and trying to be accepted by the world and trying to, trying to be accepted even by church people so they don't want to look like the odd man out. 
And when they came to Christ, they were so excited and so full of joy. And I don't know if you, if you ever accepted Christ and, and that, that life-changing experience. You, those people, you went through anything. You're running the street telling, telling people about Jesus on the train. You had excitement about you. But when, as time goes by and you don't feel on fan that fire that's inside you, what happens is the world begins to choke you out. You ever try to start a fire? A fire cannot start without oxygen. If you have a fire going and there is no oxygen to that fire, that fire is going to die out. It doesn't matter if you put paper, you know, like a barbecue. I, like, I take like whole newspapers to barbecue. That's a whole other story. But I, you throw fire in fire, it doesn't matter. But what happens is when you cover it, the fire dims out because there's no oxygen getting in. What is it that we're feeding that fire with? What are we feeling that we have a gift inside of us that when we said yes to Jesus? A precious gift that came inside of us. And what, what are we doing to cultivate that? What are we doing to grow that inside of us? Are we compromising with people? Let me show you about grace. Grace is when you make a mistake, God is there to forgive you of that mistake. Grace is not saying it's okay to keep making mistakes and it's okay to keep living like that. So it's fine. Go ahead. We're not going to judge you about that. We're not going to say, no, we're not going to judge you. But you know what? If you come to me, if you, if you don't really... If, you, if you're doing something that's wrong, you come to me, I'm going to show you in love. But I'm going to tell you the truth. This is not of God. And it's not okay to be behaving this way or doing these things. Are we as the body afraid to tell each other the truth? If anybody's a friend with me, you know I always tell you the truth. Right, Crispy? I got no hair on my tongue. I tell him the truth. I love him. I love Crispy. And Crispy's, going, and Crispy's the guy in the sound booth, in case you don't know. I'm not talking about chips. He's Crispy because he's always stylish. But... He's, my, he's one of my closest friends, my best friend. And if anything he's going through is something like that, it's not my business to tell him everything what to do. But if he confronts me or tells me something, it's my job to tell him the truth. Sometimes, we, we, sometimes we're there to feed each other. And there's times where, where I'm, I, I am like a Paul to a Timothy and telling him, be strong. Don't do it this way. Don't behave this way. Which leads me into the scripture we're about to read and the story we're going to read today. I'm going to give you the background. We're going, to, we're going to read 2 Timothy. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing the second letter to Timothy. The, you know, the church of Ephesians. You know, we've been learning about Ephesians in the book of Ephesians. And Timothy is in charge of the church of Ephesus at the time. And Paul's been gone from him for four years. And Paul's writing from prison, matter of fact. And in his prison cell, he's encouraging Timothy to keep going because he's aware of everything that's going on. He's basically giving like a state of address. Like, you know, the president comes up and gives a state of address. What's going on in the city? What's going on in the nation? Well, he's giving him a state of address of what's going on in the church and the things around him and what he should do to maintain his, his um, fire, okay? I'm going to, do we have the amplified? Um, um, we're going to read up here. This is the amplified version. The amplified version just breaks down um, words and stuff like that. It's better. It says, I thank God whom I worship and serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did. As I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. This is Paul talking to Timothy. As I recall your tears, I long to see you that I may be, f- be filled with, your, with joy. I remember your sincere unqualified faith. The surrendering of your entire self to God in Christ with confident, with confident trust in his power, wisdom, and goodness and faith which first lived in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I am confident that that is in you as well. I'm going to stop right there. The first thing Paul is doing is reminding him where he comes from. His, their parent, his, grand, his grandmother and his mother were, were Jews and they, they, they were in the Greek nation and they ended up following Christ. And they taught him from a young age the word of God and what God was about and who God was. So he's, he's, he's reminding him where he came from. He's reminding him that he grew up in the things of God 
And now, just like them, you too, I believe that word is inside of you. Let's go move on. This is it. That is why I remind you to fan into flame the gracious gift of God. That inner that fire, that special endowment, which is in you through the laying of hands with those of the elders of the ordination. He was, there was a time where he was laid on hands by the, the apostles and stuff. And they were uh, encouraging him to go out and to evangelize and to do the works of the Lord. Ready? This is it. For God did not give. This is the, big, this is the, this is the most biggest thing when you have to minister the gospel. Because timid people will always compromise the gospel. For God did not give us the, the timidity, the spirit of timidity or cowardness or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that will result in calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Timothy was dealing with a rough time. He was faced with a nation that they, they, they talked about read like different things about what was happening at the time of that. They were talking about this... Um, uh, prostitution and it's this God. It was one of the eight, seven wonders of the world at that time where they followed on lust and all these adulterous things they would do. And the church of, of Ephesians was right in the midst of all this stuff. And P, uh, Paul was reminding him of, to stay strong in the faith because somewhere along the line, Timothy was losing faith in this. He was discouraged. He was faced with a lot of responsibility. Remember, Timothy was young. So now he has to lead all these adults, all these older people over uh, be over them and to share the gospel. But sharing the gospel became rough for him. Sharing the truth became rough for him. So what ended up happening was that fire, that gift of God to evangelize the good news and to share the gospel was dying out. And Paul had to come to him and remind him and say, listen, remember the gift that God has given to you. Remember that precious gift of the gospel when Jesus died on the cross and what he had done for you and what he, what he pulled you through. And to share that with others. But as a church and as a people, a lot of times that thing dies in us. And like I said before, compromise comes in the mist. Laziness comes into the mist. You ever seen a lazy Christian? When we have to go pray for somebody or go do something, nobody wants to do it. You want to come evangelize, we're going to pray for some people in the hospital. Nah, I ain't doing that. We become so discouraged in our circumstances, so discouraged in our lives, so discouraged in the, the negative things that happened to us, the things that happened in the past, the things that are happening now. And we can't focus on what God wants us to do, which is just to share his good news, that what he had done for us. A lot of times we want gifts like prophecy and all these different things, and, you know, we want to use it for the kingdom. I say we don't want to use that to glorify God. But a lot of times those things come in our lives because we want to look cool. If I can, I don't know. I had a friend one time told me, we was driving. He said, yo, if, would it be great to just walk on that water right now? We was by the FDR. He said, would it be great to just walk on that water like Paul did? And I said, for what? So you get attention? So people see you can walk on all the, huh? Peter. What did I say, Paul? Peter, Paul. Peter, sorry. Thank you. For, that's why I told my wife to sit up there so she could correct me like she does at home. Amen. <laughs> He wanted to do that. And I would say, what's the purpose of that? If you're not preaching the gospel, if you're not telling people about the good news about Jesus, how he died on the cross, how he rose again, how he saved us from sin, the things that we could not control, the things that are out of control, when we needed comfort, he came in, he sent his Holy Spirit to get us to his work. If we cannot share that message, what's the point of having all those other things? I'm not saying that they're not beneficial. Yes, they are beneficial. But for what reason do we need them? I'm trying to encourage you today because 
I think one of the things I always pray, and I'll be honest, this is the prayer I always pray for, our, for us in the church. I always pray, I say, Lord, I pray that we'll keep growing. I just pray that we'll keep growing and growing and growing and growing. I pray that we won't get lazy and just, just like settle for what we know and just move on that. I always pray that we'll just grow. I, pray, I always pray for our leadership. You don't always pray for your leadership. This is mad difficult because people expect a lot. And God, has a, God has an expectation for us, you know, because he loves us and stuff. But man has a bigger expectation on us sometimes, and sometimes we can't live up to that expectations. And we become pressure. And, we, and, we, and if we're not careful, we become a people that just works to do, to do things for you. They don't like this, so I'm not going to say this. They're not gonna do, they don't want me to do this, so I'm not going to be that way. They don't like when I dress like this, so I'm going to dress this way. We become a people that does for people. But I'm not a people pleaser. God don't call us to be people pleasers. He calls us to speak the truth in love. And he knows that the light that's inside of you is going to change this world. But if, we're, if, we're, if our fire is dying out, if we're not feeding this, this gospel that's inside of us, this good news that's inside of us, we're not sharing that, and we're not reading the word, and we're not trusting God, and we're not praying, then it's like maybe like a, a, a handful of people trying to carry a church. I see, I see I, every day I used to come by, um, if you go down Brockma, there's a church over there that's no longer open. How many churches do you pass that were growing church and a really big church and there's nobody there anymore? Across the street from my building, there's a church. There's a big church. They used to have these tent revivals. And I remember me and my wife would go out there. You hear it all night long, the tent revival going on, and it's nothing anymore. The building's shutting down. It's closing down. You see like four cars in there. And you wonder, what happened? What happened in that place? It was thriving. It was growing. What happened that it died out? Because the gift of God that was inside them was no longer important to feed. And when that dies in you, everything dies. Everything chokes out. It's like, the, like we were talking about the fire. The carbon dioxide chokes you out until there's nothing left. God loves us so much. We can't do this on our own. I would say bro. We can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. A lot of times I was talking with a friend, and we were talking about how, like, in Bronx churches, it's, like, different. You go everywhere else. You go to Jersey. You go to Westchester County. You go somewhere else, and you talk about the things of the Spirit, and people get excited. And a lot of times in the Bronx, people don't get excited about it. You know why? Because we're living in, <laughs> in, like, a pit sometimes. We're living in the, the boogie-down Bronx, and it's hard. It's hard to accept supernatural spiritual things. It's easy for us to do good things. It's easy for us to say good things to people. It's easy to, to assist people and help people, but it's very difficult to get before the God in our faces and trust the Holy Spirit that there's a supernatural world that's helping us in this, this real world. That becomes difficult to believe. That's all good. That's all good. But wait till you get to the point where he tells me to do something or, or wait till he tells me to, to help out and, and clean up. I can do those things, but when it comes to the spiritual things, it's not there. And I, I, I'm not speaking judgment on the church or anything like that, but I'm saying without the supernatural, without the Holy Spirit, there's no way we can survive. Because this world is going to get worse. People are going to want to listen to itchy ears and to false doctrines and things like that. People are going to fall into temptation. People are going to fall into lust and, and lust of the flesh and those things like that. And they're not going to care about the things of God anymore. And if we're not rooted and we're not trusting the Holy Spirit in those times, what happens? What happens like we were talking about today? What happens if everybody leaves? If the church closes down, what happens? Everybody goes back into the world? I've seen it. We've seen it in our old churches. The pastor had, I'm not saying this is our pastor, God forbid, you know. But our pastor was, was living a, a, a horrible life. He had a wonderful testimony. This pastor was, was a, a drug addict, a heroin addict, and got saved and, and radically changed. And he was preaching the gospel. And so many great things were happening. 
But what ended up happening was he never fed that fire that was inside of him. So he ended up feeding, other stuff became to feed him. And it got to the point where he was cheating on, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying his name, but he, got, he started cheating with different women. And he was using the funds from the church to support these women. And every time he would preach, he would say, like, man, this guy, is, this guy knows the word. He knows God. But we something in our spirits, the Holy Spirit reveals something that you cannot see with your open eyes. Or you cannot hear with your ears. So the Holy Spirit started ministering to many of us in the church and say, something is wrong. We started having dreams. I had dreams where I see him in the shower being inappropriate. And I see women around him. And I didn't understand. I would tell leaders, I'm like, I seen this. Does this mean something? Oh, that's not going to ever happen. No, no, no. You just, you just got to pray that God will give you right dreams. That's not about us. That's a dangerous thing when people say, when God, you're in this place and God gives you a word and you say it's not for us, that's dangerous. You know why? Because you are here and this is the sphere, sphere of influence that you're in. And if God is revealing stuff to you, bring it before the Lord, bring it before elders, bring it before people that know, bring it before Gary that knows dreams and different things like that to know what the truth is. And sought out the truth. And we sought out the truth. And we went to God and said, Lord, I know something's going on. And I think this man is in some kind of infidelity. And then people started coming up. And people started coming up. And we didn't know what to do at the time. We just prayed the Lord, everything that's in the darkness will come out to the light. And everything got exposed. And you know what happened to the church? The whole church split. People wanted to sin. You know how many people that I saw, it breaks our heart, right? We see people in the street. They used to love Jesus. And they're full out in the world. Girls just full out in lesbianism. Guys just full out just, just homosexuality. People are lost in drugs. Out of, because, because of the leader that was there at the time and people that should have been around them to help those people and identify those things and, and let that fire grow so that there will always be a light. People trusted in man and things fell apart. What you cannot see with your eyes, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you. This is not like a fake thing, y'all. For many years, I, I, I went to church, and I served God. I grew up in church, and I didn't believe a lot of things because I was like, I ain't happening to me. I don't see no supernatural things happening. I don't believe this. I, I'm praying, and nothing's happening. I'm praying. I used to pray all the time and fall asleep. People have a revival. My wife is always saying, like, I'm just encountering God, and I'm, I'm, I'm praying, and next thing you know, I wake up in the morning. And I was like, what's up? Why did it not happen for me? And God was like, seek me out. Seek out the gifts. Ask me, do, go do what I told you to do. And I'll begin to reveal those things to your eyes. And God started showing us a lot of things. A lot of times we can't say nothing because people think we're crazy. But in the test of time, it always happens. It always comes out. And I need you in your life right now to trust God and say, Lord, you have put something inside of me. And I don't want it to die. If you're frustrated today, you're angry about things. Can I be real? If you're angry about the church because people didn't do things they're supposed to do, can you pray for them and ask God for forgiveness and don't let that thing die in you because you're angry? If you're ashamed of something, I, I wanted to read, what is, read. Put the next part. Put verse 8 up of 2 Timothy. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor me, and, me his prisoner, but sharing his suffering for the gospel by, by the power of God. Next one. Who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. And which now has been manifested through the appealing, the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immor, immor, oh my God, immortality to light through the, the gospel. Keep on. For which I was appointed a preacher and the apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. You can stop right there. You can leave it there. He's in prison, and he's explained to Timothy, do not be ashamed of me. 
I have to tell you, this is so important. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed of the truth. If you're ashamed of God now, if you're ashamed to worship him now, when you go before God and the Father, he'll be ashamed of you. How can you be ashamed of the gospel? How can you be afraid to share what's good news? How can you be afraid to use your giftings? A lot of us, people are asking me, what is my gift? I don't know your gift. I just say the same thing all the time. What is my gift? What is my gift? What is my gift? And I never sort it out. I never asked God, Lord, besides giving the gospel, besides showing people the good news, what else do I have? You just first do that first. That first gift is which is share the good news of gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything else will be added to you. When you ask for it, you have to ask. Where am I at? I'll read it again. Which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I, I know who I am, who I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words. You hear that? How you know it's sound words if you don't read the word? It sounds good, right? If I was you, I will read this back and, and go to the scriptures of everything I'm saying. Straight up. Because how you know it's, sound, it's, it's false doctrine if you don't know the word? I'm not attacking you. I'm just saying. There's a lot of times I didn't read the word too. So, But po- follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me. In faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the, the good deposit entrusted into you. The good deposit entrusted into you is Jesus Christ. The good news of what he did for you. How many people are saved and born again? They say yes to Jesus. If you have not done that, we're going to do that today. You know why? Because there's a hard word out there. In all your strength, you cannot accomplish the things that God has for you. God has something wonderful for you in store. God has plans for your life. But if we're trusting in our own emotions and our own flesh, it's going to eventually die. The gift that God has given to you is going to die in you. I've seen so many people, so many, throughout the year, I'm only like 41 years old. It sounds like a lot. But when you grow up in church, I grew up in church. My father was a pastor. And I grew up in church being one of those kids that participates in the play and all that stuff like that. And I didn't know Jesus, but I was just in there all the time. And I've seen one thing after another after another to the point that the church today has a bad credit. We're like on 300, I think, the credit. And it's hard for you to go out there and tell people about Jesus. I know Jesus is good, but you said, um, you, I heard the preacher say one time that my mom's, uh, if you don't have Jesus, if you don't accept Christ, you can't go to heaven. So my mom's a good person. How are you going to say that? So I don't believe in God. You know, a lot of people compromise that and say, yo, well, you know, we don't know, which we don't know. We don't know where they're at. We don't know what they did in the end. But the gospel is the gospel. We're not trying to hurt people. We just, this is what we believe. This is what the word says. This is what God is saying. How can we change that to, to comfort people? They'll never come into the light. They'll never come into the truth. They'll never come into what's real. Because we're just afraid to share. Because we're afraid to confront people. Because we're afraid. I, I, I think we have the spirit. The Bible says we have the spirit of, of, of reconciliation. To reconcile with people. But a lot of people want to reconcile by compromise. I would never bow to nobody. If someone is doing wicked to you and doing wrong to you and hurting you, forgive them, love them. But when they want to reconcile with you, make sure you show them the truth. That that's not okay and this is not okay. Because what happens is you cause damage. I'm talking about things that you don't know about, but I'm talking about stuff that's actual truths. Because we don't want to feed the good news. We don't want to share that. How, how can I not share the, about Jesus to somebody? There's people in my job that they no longer work with me, and they're calling me and saying, thank you for all the times that you told me about God. I follow Jesus. I have people that were believing in, uh, I don't know what they were believing in. I don't know, stars or, I don't remember what she was, but 
something, was something with stars and, and she, the universe helped me and I feel the universe like you say. I'm talking about Jesus and she's like, I feel that too. It's like the universe. Like, they would say stuff like that and I just kept preaching the gospel and kept telling the good news and sharing testimonies and people were here was talking about testimony. I'm oh, pleased with that stuff. Next thing you know, I woke, a, a person gets sick. One of my friends gets sick and she has a, um, cancer. And she comes back to work and she's telling me, she, she no longer works with me, but she comes back and she was like, I, she said, I have Jesus now. And I was like, what? She's like, I got Jesus now. And I'm like, for real? Because, you know, I don't know. She still believes in stars and Jesus. Like maybe Jesus is one of the stars. <laughs> and I was like, real? And she starts telling me about Jesus. And she said, I, I didn't want to believe in Jesus before because people hurt me in the church. So I believe in the stars and all this craziness. But then she said, now I follow Jesus. And he's going to get me through this cancer, get me through all this stuff that I'm going through. So I'm able to share with her. I said, you know, I feel like there's a job over there for you and use prophecy. And say, I think there's a job over there. I think if you go over there, you'll find a job. I feel the like Holy Spirit telling me that. She goes, calls me the other day. I got a job. And I'm getting paid all this money. And she has, like, no education. He's getting crazy money for a job. She just want to say, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you shut your mouth because you're afraid of people, you get nothing accomplished in the gospel. Don't shut your mouth. If you don't know the word, go find someone to teach you. Don't use the church as an excuse that you're not learning the word. I'm sorry you can't use no excuse. I can't go before the Lord and say, yo, they don't have Bible study, so I can't learn the word. That's a lie. You get up before the God and get a word out, get a Bible get a bunch of women together, get a bunch of men together. And say, let's study the word. And let's get somebody from the church that can come by once a week or whatever and kind of give us information. We can feedback on them. There's no excuse why you don't grow. You don't grow because you don't grow. God has a purpose for us. God has a calling. And I'm going to say this, not to, like, to bring fear or anything like that, because God don't give us a spirit of fear, of power, love, and a sound mind, right? So everything we do is we do it in sound judgment. We don't do it out of foolishness. We don't do it out of flesh. We have courage to love people when they're unlovable. You need that today? How many people need that today? To love people when it's unlovable. I had to learn through that, right, babe? I hated everybody. That's my testimony. I hated everybody. I don't care if you serve me alone. I don't care if you rose the dead up. If you were rude to me, I hate your guts. And I'm waiting for opportunity to challenge you. <laughs> Whether it be the word or fight you in the street. <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? Because I like to tell jokes. I don't want to make... Uh, right before I say something that seems like scary, but I want to lighten it up. I one time I was going to fight a pastor one time. He was telling my wife, this is, this is how you know the word and, and you move out of the flesh. You move out of no spirit. So he's telling my wife, hey, you know, um, he's like, he said, Christ is faith, right? He said, Christ is faith. And I was like, no, um, Christ, faith is something hopeful that everything's not seen. So I quote the scripture. He goes, no, but, but faith is Christ. Christ is faith. And I was like, are you trying to make us an idea based on that scripture? He said, no, faith is Christ. He started throwing the theology. I was like, bro, that's, that's not gospel. I don't know what you're talking about. So he told my wife that she was ignorant to the word. Right there, I was young in the Lord, so I was going to fight him. I was like, we're going to throw out this church. We're fighting, right? I'm not to say I'm not like that now, but I, I'm, I'm Holy Ghost protects me, right? So, <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just don't touch my family in the name of Jesus, okay? All right? I'm, I'm not there yet, all right? Um, so he tells my wife, so I was like, I'm going to challenge this guy. <laughs> I'm going to fight him right in the church. So he comes up to me, and he's like, um, Hey, brother, um, faith is Christ, right? And I was like, no. Faith is a substance hopeful that everything not talks about in the scripture. He's like, like, you're just like her. And I was like, excuse me? Don't wave your hand in my face like that. 
I'm just sharing this because, you know, we're all humans, right? So I was going to fight him. My other pastor, the pastor that cheated, was cheating on his wife, has to come out and break the fight up because I was going to knock this guy out. You know what it is? Those are poor examples of the gospel. Too much is given as much is required of you. And when you have a, a mic in your hand and you're leading people, you better watch what you do. Be honest with people. Be honest with God. When you go before him, trust the Lord that he's making, a, he's making everything new inside of you. But don't fake the funk. Because somebody's going to knock you out. I'm serious. I see people, I, that pastor, thank God, I hope nobody goes to that church that we went to. I hope he's not watching. I hope it's just like 10 people watching. You know. This guy got punched in the face in the store. A gate fell on him. So many things happened to him. And I was like, that's not for the cause of Christ. That's because of his wickedness. I want to speak something over you right now. I want to speak discernment over you. That's one of the most important gifts of the Spirit. And one of the things you have to ask God, Lord, I want the gifts of the Spirit. I want to know you in an intimate way. I want to know you first through the Word of God. And second of all, I want to know you in different ways, whether it be the giftings to Lord to help people out. Because it's one thing you preach the gospel to someone in the street and show them and they receive it. When they don't receive it and the God decides he wants to use a gift on you and you start prophesying to someone, they don't know, you don't know who they are. And it's like, how do you know that? And you can just bring it right back to the gospel and say, because it's Jesus Christ. That's an amazing thing. But number one thing is if you're, be, if you're beat up today, if you're burnt out, if you're tired and hurt, you know how hard it is to be a minister of the gospel and people talk trash about you? And to kill you with your words and other people form uh, uh, thoughts of, this is something that's happened to me and my wife now. People talk trash about you and lies about you. And then people believe the lies because they want to hear a lie. And they want to hear juicy, juicy. What? The pastors did what? They did that? You're hungry for things like that. So you believe lies and then people turn against you. But in the midst of everything, you still got to have love for people and still have shown them gospel. And show them the good news and pray with them and encourage them. But if my fire was down and I wasn't feeding that, I don't know what I would do. I would just walk away. So many people just want to walk away from church. So many people just don't want to do anything in church no more. They don't want to be a part of this no more. I'm tired. This is boring. If you have kids, they always say that. I'm bored. Please. When I was a kid, I was bored too. I slept in the pews, but at least I was there. At least I was in a place where I can grow or hear something. What are you asking God today? Are you tired? Have you lost your faith? Have you lost your dreams? Do you ever preach and you don't want to preach no more? Do you ever sing and you don't want to sing no more? You got skills and different things, but you don't want to use it for the kingdom of God no more because you're drained out and you're tired. I don't have nothing else. So now when things happen in church, it's like, ah, oh, you know, please don't. don't. I know when me and my wife come along, people are always like, oh, please, please. I, I, I feel, they never told us this, but I feel like it's like, Oh, here they go. Oh, my God. They're going to correct something now. But if something's not right, why not correct it? If I love you, I don't want you to go to hell. I correct my children. I love my children. I do what I got to do for my children to correct them. And then I encourage them and show them who they are. Whether they don't want to hear it or not, I still show them, like, you're something special. God has a plan for you. But I can't let you do this. I can't let you be this way. God has good news for you. He loves you. And the Holy Spirit today wants to invade your territory, invade everything that's in your mind, everything that's in your spirit, and show you a better way how to do things. You know, he was talking about, in, the, in, the, in Timothy, he was talking about how 
they lay hands on him. And people, I, I read all this information, and they were saying, oh, the Spirit of God doesn't come. The, Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes on you when you say yes to Jesus, number one. But there's a call on your life. And I don't know how I'm going to lay hands on everybody. I know Gary's going to, Pastor Gary, come, my wife could come up, and Derek, and uh, uh, people that are prayer team. But I, I really believe there's a call on your life. And we want to lay hands in, a, in, in a, a physical thing to show you if it's okay with you guys. And remind you that there's a great calling upon your lives. That there's a Holy Spirit that gives you, the, it doesn't give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And he doesn't want, you can't, to do the kingdom of God, to do the work of the Lord, you cannot be timid. You cannot be afraid of people. So many prophets in the Bible with that big thing was they're afraid. Elijah ran because he was afraid of Jezebel because she says he's going to cut his head off. Afraid, afraid, afraid. Somebody wants to kill you, and you run, and you run, and you run. Somebody wants to harm you, we run from those things. But as Christians, we're not suckers. I don't know how to say this. I don't know the way to say this, but we're not suckers. We're not punks. That don't mean we go swinging. <laughs> well, we're not there yet, but that don't mean we go swinging on people. But what I'm saying is that we're not punks, that we don't stand up in the people, and we share the gospel. I don't want to hear about that. I don't care about that. What do you think about this? What do you think about abortion? I don't, like, look, I don't care what you're talking about. I'm standing for Jesus. This is what I believe. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But I always will be here to show you the gospel and tell you the truth. No matter what that comes to me, I, it, there, there's a big thing that Timothy had to deal with because even though Timothy was, was afraid and he was being encouraged by Paul, soon Timothy will face the same thing that Paul did, which was death for the gospel. And some of us ain't nowhere near that in our lives. We're not even facing abuse. We're not getting beat up or anything like that for preaching the gospel. Someone talks about us and we, we shry away and we say, like, I don't, I don't want to do this no more. But what if your calling leads you to a place where it, it takes your life? What if you're called to a nation where it's dangerous? You know, you hear about all these horrible things that's happening in the United States. This is like the worst place to be a preacher or the minister. There are so many bad things happening here. But people are afraid of gangs. People are afraid of there's so many things you hear. And it brings terror and fear to our hearts. And it's who's going to go out and preach the gospel to these people? Who's going to be the next person that brings the next Nikki Cruz? You know who Nikki Cruz is? If you've been in church a while, you know, this guy was a man. He was in a, a big gang in New York City. And um, he was approached by one of the preachers. I forgot his name. What was the preacher's name, Lee? Wilkinson? David Wilkinson, right? One of them, right? Merck. Who? Bert, right? Who's Bert? Bert's not here. Oh, yeah, yes. Wilkinson, right? David Wilkinson? And he said, and, and it, did I tell you about Did I tell you about that? I, I, I can't hear you. You whispering. You got a spirit of timidity. You ain't talking loud enough. <laughs> That's my man. But he goes and he goes and approaches these guys to minister to them. If I remember the story correctly, right? He goes to minister to them and, and um, uh, What's the guy's name? Oh, my God. No, the, the, the bad guy. <laughs> Nicky Cruz. Nicky Cruz says, I'm going to cut you into little pieces all over. And he said, if you cut every little piece, everyone will, will, will love you. Or cry out to you, was it? Was it? Cry out, I love, he loves you, right? It will cry out to you. How many people will go up to a gang member that you see them doing these wicked things in these stores and killing these kids and stuff, and will go up to them and say, I want to tell you about Jesus, that Jesus loves you. And they threaten to kill you, and you're going to say, you know what, if you kill me, every part of me will still love you. And my soul will cry out from the ground and, and, and tell you that how much God loves you. I don't think a lot of us won't do it. We're so comfortable where we're at. We're so comfortable with what we're doing. As long as nothing ruffles our feathers, we're good. But I'm going to share something with the Holy Spirit has been putting in my heart a long time now. There's persecution will come to the church. There's no way you can preach the gospel and persecution will not come to the church. And things are getting worse and worse and worse. 
And it's going to come a time when we preach the gospel and we're going to get in trouble for it. Are you rooted in the Holy Spirit so that when that time comes, we're not, we used to talk about this years ago in the churches. Like, and we're like, ah, that's never going to happen. And we're looking at times today like, oh, my Lord. Look who's the, spoke, the spokesman for, for abortion and, and, and Christianity, Donald Trump. What happened? What's going on that this is the spokesman for the, for the gospel or what's supposed to be right? We're in danger of a lot of things. There are a lot of things that are come against us. And every time we speak about Jesus, gonna be, people are going to be bothered by it. People don't want to hear it anymore. What are you going to do in those times? We're gonna, we may come to a place where we shrink back and we get afraid, but the Holy Spirit's here to tell you to fan that flame. That when you look at people, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. It's about your soul. It's about what God's going to do for you. And so even to the point where their lives didn't matter no more. If they died or not, if they got stoned, if they got beaten, it didn't matter. What mattered was the people they were talking to to share that good news with Jesus about Jesus Christ. God wants to prepare us, y'all. I'm not talking about people going to stone us and stuff like that, but maybe some of us will call, are being called to a field where that's going to happen. Maybe there's people going to talk about you and the friends that are around you are no longer going to be around you because you're standing for Jesus and they don't want to hear it. What are you going to do? I want you to trust in the Holy Spirit. Can we all stand? I'm going to read an encouraging scripture. I, I was, uh, two, of my, well, two of my favorite scriptures is in Joshua 1 and in, um, in uh, Isaiah 61. I love Isaiah 61. I've been reading that since I started reading the Bible. And, I, and, and so encouraging. But I'm going to read Joshua 1, 5, to, 5 and 6. This is, the, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, uh, even though I'm reading a scripture, I'm just prophesying what God wants to do with you over your life. That you guys are not a waste. You're not a waste of space in this place. It's not about your money. It's not about if you do this for me. If you do that for me, it's not about that. It's about Jesus and what he's going to do for you. So I'm speaking to you from a place of what Jesus is going to do for you. Not what you could do for me. Not what you could do for sanctuary. What, what's God going to do for you? Amen? This is Joshua 1, 5 and 6. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land I swore to them for their fathers to give them. There are so many people that are out there in the world today that don't know Jesus. A lot of them are falling into damnation. A lot of them are dying out there in this world. But God is calling you to go out and preach that good news. And in that good news that you speak, don't be afraid. Have courage. Trust the Holy Spirit in those moments. Even trust the Holy Spirit. What will you say in those moments? Don't prepare your words, what you're about to say. The Holy Spirit will lead you. If your heart is for those people, the Holy Spirit will show you what to say. And you know what you will do in the end of that? No matter how much you face and what comes against you in doing that, those people will inherit the, the, the land that God has for them. The blessings of God that God has in store for them. You don't know that one person you can preach could change a whole generation? I wonder who preached to Billy Graham and told him about Jesus. Who is preaching to you and who is telling you the gospel that you can change lives all over? And what person you're going to touch that's going to change this generation is coming? God has given you this, uh, this wonderful gift. This is a gift. 
I'm going to read the, the, the sixth again. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit. God has given you an inheritance, and you will cause people to receive an inheritance from Jesus Christ. An eternal life that's out there, a life that, that's beyond this world, beyond our struggles and stuff like that. There's, a, there's an eternity. And you're going to bring people into a good eternity to inherit the kingdom of God. I just want everybody to bow their heads. The worship team, come on, leave, come on. You know, sometimes when you, when you speak to people, you just want them, like, please just get it. Just please just get it. I hope I told you the truth. I hope I made sense to you. But the first thing I'm going to tell you is that we cannot do this walk of God without the Holy Spirit. If you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, that's the, the Trinity, the three parts of Jesus. It's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit was sent when Jesus went back up and rose from the dead. He sent the Spirit to come in on behalf to strengthen us, to comfort us, to empower us, to guide us. If you're doing this walk on your own, you wonder why things ain't working. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He wants to show you what your gifts are. He wants to show you what your plans he has for you. He wants to show you the way out of your situations that seem difficult, that you're fussing about and you're anxiety about and you're angry about. Where's the way out? The Holy Spirit today wants to begin to show you where the way out is. So I'm going to pray and then the guys could do their thing. I don't know, like... I'm not talking about the gifts of the Spirit in the sense of speaking in tongues and things like that. I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable. But I want you to just, I want you, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how we're going to pray. Gary, can you come up here? Me too. Gary's waiting for me. Look, he's waiting in the way. This is my homeboy. He's, my, he's part of my family. Somebody messes with him, I got something to say. Right? I don't know how we're going to do this, but he, I'll give it, I'll pass it on to Gary to do this, but I want you to know that inside of you, there's a Holy Spirit. If you don't know that Holy Spirit today, I believe he's going he's to pray that you receive that Holy Spirit and receive Jesus into your heart. But that Holy Spirit, I want to ignite that fire right now. There are things that you have to do, which is reading the word and, and seeking the Lord and praying in order to keep fanning that flame, fanning that good thing that's in you, going out and preaching the gospel. But I want the Holy Spirit to just get like a jump kick right now in the name of Jesus in your life. Where you're weak and tired, that the Holy Spirit would just bring a fire back in your belly. Where this church and, and doing the things of God is not boring no more or fake or whack, but it's real. This is real, man. There's a real eternity. There's a real hell and there's real heaven. I know a lot of times we don't talk about hell, but there's a real hell. And people are going there quickly because we don't go out and we don't tell people about Jesus. That's the reason why. It's not just because they don't accept it. Sometimes that's the reason because we share and they don't receive it. But you know what? A lot of times we don't go out and share Jesus so people don't know about Jesus. And people are going into a, 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 a torment of eternity and torment because we don't, we don't go out and show them about the good things that God has done for us. So I believe the Holy Spirit is here today that he wants to empower you to go do the good works that God has already prepared for you. Amen? Amen. So maybe there are some of you here today that you don't know Jesus. The only way you can have the Spirit of God in you is if you've submitted your life to Jesus. You've made him Lord of your life. So before we pray, if there's anyone here and you want to receive that free gift, we're not asking you to join a church or sign a paper or give money. But between you and God, if there is anyone here, you're saying, I am inviting Jesus today to be Lord of my life. Or 
if you're saying, I used to walk with Jesus, there was a time when the fire of God burned in my heart and I've gone cold and I've started to drift away. The Bible calls it backsliding, moving backwards, going further away from God. And you want to make a decision. I'm coming to Jesus today. I'm leaving the things of the world behind and I'm coming to God. If you're making that decision to receive Jesus in your heart, before we go on, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if there's anyone here. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to just ask you to repeat this prayer right now. And the scripture says, if you confess it with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, then the Spirit of God is going to come and live inside of you. And there's going to be be peace between you and God. So just repeat this prayer for those of you who raise your hand. Lord Jesus, I love you. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my way of living. And I choose you. I believe that you died on the cross and rose on the third day to give me life. I make you my Savior. And Lord, I receive you into my life in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's praise the Lord for those who received him. Because the Bible says that there's just one. If only one receives him, that all of heaven rejoices. They're having a party in heaven today over those of you who received him. Now we want to speak to everyone else. How many of you desire that fire that Josh was speaking about? That Holy Ghost burning, that passion, that that thing in you that won't let go, to break off all the boredom. See, serving God is boring without that fire. Going to church, it's just work. But when you got a fire burning in you, It just flows. It just pushes you forward. How many of you, you're saying, I want to light that fire again. Just raise your hand. I'm going to pray right now. So, Father, for all those whose hands are raised, we say fire right now in Jesus' name, the fiery presence of the living God. We say, Holy Spirit, burn. We call forth spirit of burning, spirit of burning. We fan that flame. Let it burn in you. Let it burn hot. Father, we receive it today, God. Maybe some of you are feeling an actual, maybe your hands, your heart is beating. You're feeling warmth inside. 
That's the fire of God, fresh fire, fresh passion in Jesus' name. Father, we give it all to you, Lord God. We surrender it all to you. We want to do your will, your work, oh God. Burn in us again, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the burning flames of fire that you've placed in us. I bless that right now in Jesus' name. I bless you to take that fire into your home, into your workplace, to come before God and let that your home would become a fiery furnace of heaven, that all the angels of heaven would begin to manifest in your home, bring blessing. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your fiery presence today, Lord God. We bless it. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take that fire and begin to worship him. Let's give it back. See that fire. Let it overflow back to him. God, we worship you, God. Even right now, before the music starts. I don't need music to worship God. Oh, we bless your holy name. We love you, Jesus. Begin to worship him.
as I declare over you that this hunger is going to rise up, that there's going to be a thirsting in you. After you hit your knees to the ground, you get up and you open up that word. You open up that word and don't say, I don't know what to read. Just open it. Just open it. Open it and read what it says. Because the word is alive and it's breathing. And it will give you the sustenance that you need. Because man was never called to live by bread alone, but of every word, out of every word that proceeds forth from the mouth of God. And that word is his life and it is your bread. And when you come to that place of surrender, you open up that word. And when you read that word, no matter what it is, whether it makes sense to you or not, you tell him thank you. And then guess what? The next day when you wake up, do the same thing. And before you know it, you're going to begin to discover the work of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to say to yourself with tears in your eyes, I guarantee there will be tears in your eyes because his love is so good and his revelation is so profound that when you begin to cry and when you begin to say thank you, you're going to say, this was so easy. Why did I hold myself back for so long? This was so easy. But don't feel condemned because the Holy Spirit is with you. Why don't we bow our heads? I close a prayer and I send you along your way. Lord, we thank you for every person in here. I thank you. You love these people with an everlasting love. Your love is so ferocious over them. It never grows weak and it never grows tired over them. I thank you for your perseverance, even in our pride, that you've ran after us so that we would not stumble, so that we would not fall away from you. I thank you that this good work that you've begun, you will continue until the sky cracks and you return. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your leading this morning. I thank you that you have um, significantly directed this entire service. We thank you that we can rely on you. We pray for our pastors. God, I pray you bless them wherever they are. I pray that you would rejuvenate and restore and this same hunger and this same thirst, let it be unto them as well. Let them not come back the same. Give them dreams as they're on vacation. Fill them with vision, God. Fill them with hope. Renew them. Restore them. Have your way in their minds. Holy Spirit, let your intellect sit heavy upon them so that they may come forth back with wisdom greater than what they've ever been given. And God, we thank you for this place. We thank you for your peace, and we thank you for your presence that will last throughout the week. I pray you bless every home, provide traveling mercies, and we will give you the praise every single day. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you Wednesday night.